Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. In this multidimensional world, much of which is invisible to the eye, a group of non-physical entities have come here to expand our knowledge of how the universe works. These non-physical teachers are called Joshua, and they convey their teachings through Gary Temple Bodley. Each week, Gary, with a selection of Law of Attraction experts, open up a roundtable of thought-provoking discussions surrounding the teachings of Joshua. Joshua's intention is to bring clarity to the listeners through the ever-expanding Law of Attraction, by looking at reality from a new perspective. Welcome to the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Hello everyone, this is episode 32 of the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley. Today it's May 21st, 2016. Last week we talked about manifesting desires. We know that emotions are crucial in the manifestation process, so this week we're going to talk about the role of emotions. Why do we have emotions? What if we didn't have them? Could we still create a reality without them? How do we deal with emotions? Are we supposed to experience the same negative emotions over and over again? How long should a negative emotion last? And is there anything we can do about them? Today we'll talk about emotions and we'll read a segment from Joshua's new book, The Joshua Diet. And this segment deals with the role of emotions in everything, including weight loss. On the roundtable today, we have Michael Kutzen. Hi, Michael. How are you doing, Gary? Great. Hi. And Steve Finitza. Hi, Steve. Hey, Gary. And Janine Kodakovich. Hi, Janine. Hi, Gary. <laughs> Janine, uh, we lost Janine. She was on, and we're going to try and get her back, but the show must go on, so she lost her internet, and we're going to keep going. All right, so did everyone have a good week? Had a great week, Gary. It Did was you? A really good week. Okay. You know what? It was just really enjoyable. It was. But, a, it, there wasn't anything in particular. It was just a really enjoyable week. No manifestation events for you. None that are coming to mind. Oh, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> I had one. I had a big one. Steve, did you have one? Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> Me and Steve had big ones. Maybe we'll talk oh, about that later. Ablame. Um. Anyway. Let's, uh, while we're trying to get Steve, uh, Janine on the line, we will go into our quote of the week. And this ties in with what we're going to be talking about today. So, Steve, would you like to read that quote? Yes. You have an inner world and an outer world. The outer world is a reflection of your inner world. The outer world is what you experience with your physical senses. The inner world is what you experience with your thoughts, beliefs, and imagination. Create from the inside out. Okay, so our reality is our outer world, and our thoughts, emotions, feelings, and all that is our inner world. Our imaginations, our inner world. Um, guidance, emotions, all that's our inner world. And we create from the inside out. So the outside is simply a reflection of our vibration, and our vibration is the sum 
of everything that's on the inside, all of our emotions and beliefs and feelings and approach to life and attitude and mood and all that stuff. So if you want to change the conditions that exist in your reality, you have to first change how you feel on the inside. Change all that stuff. Change your limiting beliefs. Change your approach to life. Change your mood. That's a good one. Uh, change the thoughts you're, you're always thinking. Uh, reduce the intensity of limiting beliefs and increase the intensity of beneficial beliefs. And if you maintain that, you will start to see your reality shift. Um, and then as it shifts, you will be confronted with these beliefs again and again and again, and that's just part of the shifting process. This uh, quote, by the way, came from one of the cheat codes to life, and Steve is responsible for those. Steve asked a question. What was the question you asked? It was, it was well, the ended with just, I want the, what I'm looking for, the cheat codes to life. So Right. Yeah. I forget the, the, what started it all, though. Is that what you have pinned uh, up there? Yes, those are, those are the cheat codes. All right, cool. So Janine made those for all of us. Michael, did you get your yes. cheat codes? Oh, sure did. In fact, yeah. I should put it up in my office. Yeah, I should put mine up. You should offer them on the website, Gary. They are. They're there. You, get a no, no, you, from should, you should offer that they can uh, order uh, this laminated copy of it so they can oh, okay. keep it by their bed also. That's true. <laughs> That's true. One day we'll make some cards with all these things. It'll be fun. Yeah. So um, I had a manifestation event, and it was pretty interesting. Um, I own a condo that my dad lives in, and the association bills us quarterly, and they had missed a quarterly payment. And so instead of calling me or anything, they uh, sent a letter from a lawyer. They sent me four copies. And they sent my dad two copies. And my dad read my mail and saw that we were being foreclosed on because I hadn't paid a $1,300 um, maintenance due when I had paid it. And so he gets all upset and writes me an email saying that he doesn't um, appreciate that me not giving him notice that, he's, that I'm being foreclosed on and he will have to move. And goes further on to say that the $550 he pays me um, is supposed to go directly to the mortgage payment, which the mortgage payment is, with the maintenance fee, about $1,400. So I'm subsidizing him. He's been living in this place for, since 2003. So he says that instead of the money going towards uh, the mortgage payment, apparently it's going all towards my poker addiction. And that just like a typical gambler, the Ugh. big score is just one hand away. Right? Oh. <laughs> so, so oh he, knows how, he knows how to hit where it hurts, doesn't he? Yeah. So this is a, a really interesting thing. And, of course, I was um, initially quite shocked by it. And then I had to, you know, I, and I started typing a reply, too. That was not a nice reply. But um, then I had to stop myself and say, listen, this is a manifestation event. This is something that I attracted, something he attracted. We're going through this together, and there's got to be something good coming out of this. I can't see it in the moment, but I have to have faith that something good's coming out of it. So I didn't write anything back, and um, I, I you know, 
I still felt bad, and even the next morning I felt bad, but I came back, and I'm like, <clears throat> okay, so his perspective is he's retired, he's living on a fixed income, he lives in this beautiful two-bedroom condo on the golf course, and a, a, on a really nice Jack Nicholas golf course, you know, that's like the center of town, and it's a big, beautiful apartment, all furnished and everything, and he's right. been there for a long that, time. That you're, that you're subsidizing. That I'm subsidizing, right. I've, I've owned it since 2003. And so, um, you know, he doesn't want to be uprooted and have to find some other place to live. And wherever he goes is never going to be as nice as this, you know. If, and so he, he has some uh, fear, and that fear manifested itself into this negative emotion. And from this negative emotion, you get these urges and impulses to do things and say things that will make you feel better, Right. But whatever you do from this low state of, you know, low emotional state of being is going to negatively affect your reality in the future. Okay. So luckily for him, I was able to catch myself and instead of saying, yeah, why don't you just move out and I'll sell the place or I'll get a a tenant to pay $1,500 a month, you know, I said, that don't worry about it. It was a misunderstanding, and everything should be fine. Um, and I, but I did go on to mention that I had been um, trustworthy enough to make, you know, keep him living in this place for twelve years or thirteen years. And I thought that maybe I had earned some, you know, some trust in that. But anyway, so I wasn't like completely loving and unconditionally loving, but I, I did show that, you know, uh, but pointed out the perspective from my point of view. But anyway, um, so when you feel this fear arising in you, um, the first indication is a negative emotion. And from that negative emotion, you'll be inspired to do and say things that are not in your best interest. They are actually creating a reality that is not going towards what you want. It's actually taking you away from what you want. So that's why it's important to stop in the moment, take yourself away from it, and then think about what you really want here. So then I sent him back that, and then he sends me another thing, another email that said that um, he appreciated, he didn't want me to think that that he didn't appreciate me, but that, um, you know, uh, and that he did appreciate all the stuff that I'd done for him in his later years, just like I should appreciate all the stuff that he did for me in when we were kids, such as what he wrote was that he was fully justified for putting my brother and I in the California state foster care system, but he yeah. chose not to do that after the divorce. Wonderful. Wow. He's quite wow. the dad. <laughs> Yeah, father of the year. Of the year. <laughs> but here I am again going, oh, my God, can you believe this? So um, then I said, okay, well, everything's fine. Uh, I let it go. But <clears throat> I wrote on there, I said, how about you know this, this $900 extra a month that I'm putting in there is sort of a drain. And my mother, I have to help her because she's also on a fixed income. So why don't you get a roommate? And he said, that's a great idea, that he had a roommate before when he lived in Jacksonville, and this is actually, you know, he's in his 70s now, so it would be nice to have someone in the house with him, because we don't hear from him a couple days at a time, so 
anything could happen. So I think this whole thing working out, he's going to have a roommate, he's going to have someone there with him, and I'll have some more money I can give to my mother, and it'll all work out. But you didn't know that when I first read the email, that it would work out this way. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. So that's just how manifestation events work. It all was there to get me to a better spot, one that I wanted, and um, I had to see, I had to have faith that it was going to go there, even though I couldn't see where this was going. So that was pretty interesting. That was. Boy, I'll tell you, for it to work out the way it did for you, and you're <laughs> really in your favor financially and otherwise, happens, yeah, when, your father, when your father is basically telling you you're a gambling loser. <laughs> Which is, you know, and I didn't even go into the poker part of it because, you know, there's no point in justifying that. I mean, I've been sending him, we get a list of the top players every month, players of the month list, right? And I'm on the top five of that every single month, every time. And to be in the top five, you are winning more than you are spending. And it's sort of obvious, right? <laughs> but, but there's a thousand people on that list, by the way, too. So of the thousand people playing poker, to be in the, t- in the top hundred, you're probably making money compared to the people in the bottom hundred. Anyway, I didn't, that's neither here nor there, but. It's probably another aspect, too, of my, like, inappropriateness of spending too much time playing poker, you know. So I have that little bump in my vibration, too, which isn't helpful. And so it gets manifested with comments from my dad, comments from my sister-in-law, and probably thoughts from other people as well. Well, you know what? It gets to the fact that we all have, you know, we all have to be true to ourselves. And your truth is that you're... You know, I won't use the term gambler. You're a poker player, and it's what and it's what you love. It's your passion. And when we're trying to hide what we are, or we're we're embarrassed by it, yep. we wind up having these negative manifestations. And that was a negative manifestation. And part of it was that sense that you know what, there's something about it that is you know that the world looks at as being unsavory, or my family looks at as being unsavory. You know, just or like not. my. Or yeah, not or j- productive. Right, exactly. Yeah. And and it, and it played out in this little incident, but you spun it brilliantly. Not spun, spun's the right the wrong word. I, um, but 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 you reacted you, you react you reacted in you know, right. you created your you created your own reality there right. in all respects and it worked out just perfectly for you. Yeah, and now it wasn't a negative manifestation event. It was just a manifestation event. That's right. And I could see it um as a message, which is what it was. And then I can adjust based on that message. I can change how I'm operating. You know, That's right. How, I, how, I'm, how I'm thinking and how I'm believing. I can take the, the essence of the limiting belief there and figure out what that fear is and then work on that. You know? Oh, I see Janine trying to patch on in. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we, we see this image quite a bit here. That's right. <laughs> you know, you know, it's funny, though. I went uh, last night was my daughter's senior. Uh, oh, there's Janine. I see Janine. I see Janine. I wonder, can we hear Hi, her? Hi, everyone. Hi, Janine. Here. We just started. We oh, just great. Started. I'm sorry. Back. I had some technical difficulties, but I'm here with everyone. Good. Well, you well, missed the point of the show, which was really important for you to miss. <laughs> so, okay. 
There you go. I'll just catch up. <laughs> well, it, it, it's it's Mercury retrograde. <laughs> it, but anyway, so go ahead, Michael. Your your uh, well, daughter I, was at the play. Well, I, I, my daughter, you know, as we were talking about before the show, my daughter was in High School Musical. It was her senior show, and she was in the ensemble. She just, you know, she just wanted to have fun. She didn't even try for a big part because she's, you know, she's in party mode at this point. She's about to, she's about ready to graduate high school. But you know, I was at at certain points, I was losing my patience a little bit with the show. Mm-hmm. You know, I, uh, but then, and I was asking myself, well, what's the point of this? You know, put myself in a good mood, whatever. And then it dawned on me, you know, that. While the show is, you know, there's nothing, uh, you know, in terms of in terms of sophistication of the message, you know, it doesn't seem to be terribly sophisticated, but it brings forth a very simple message. It's that all of these kids are kind of forced at the beginning to be in their little niche groups, mm-hmm. their little their little cliques, wherever they're defined to be, and they're permit- and their friends are defining them instead of trying things that they're passionate about, that they're interested in. And, you know, of course, the ending is a happy ending where everyone, you know, everyone's all in it together and they're breaking down these barriers and they, you know, the jock is, is happy to try cooking and the, or, and to try singing and the, and the, and the brainiac kid is happy to join the drama club and the, and the skater dude is, is going to play cello. But the point, you know, but it gets back to that very simple point that we have to be ourselves, whoever that self is. That's our truth. And when we deny that truth, we cut, you know, we're creating the blocks in our lives. We're creating that net, you know, that limiting belief that we can't do something. And it, and it, and we're choking off something in ourselves, something in our souls. Absolutely. Yep. That is the most important thing to realize that we're equally unique. And we have, we're equally worthy, and we all have certain attributes and things to offer that are unique to us that no one else can do. So if you deny that, you know, you're really denying uh, why you came here and the whole basis of everything that's going on for you. Just right. trying to be someone else never works. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like my interest in the metaphysical and, and, you know, and in Joshua and the law of attraction. You know, this is part of me that... You know, if you look at where I am, you know, where I stand in society, which is as a lawyer in New York City, you know, this shouldn't have anything to do with my life, but it's very much a part of my life. It's something it's very important to me. And if I cut it off, you know, to the extent I even deny it or at least limit it, you know, I'm I'm choking off an important part of myself. And I realized that, too, during the show, uh, ironically, of all things <laughs> that, uh, you know, during high school musical of all things. But uh you know, but but denying part of ourself really chokes something off. Yeah, and we and it comes out in different ways, just like it came out for you, Gary. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get on to. Um, yeah, and the, I see Janine, and Janine disappeared. By the way, folks. Yeah, it, it very much is Mercury retrograde this uh, this week, at least until uh, at least until the full moon tonight. <laughs> oh, is that tonight? Yeah, the full moon, the big full moon is tonight, apparently. Interesting. Hmm. Well, Steve will work on that. Um, Michael, would you read the segment that I took out of the new Joshua book? And let me preface this. So this is going to be Joshua's uh, fifth book. It's being written right now. We're in chapter nine. 
It's about uh, 50,000 words in, so it's almost half done. And uh, like the other books before it, I meditate in the morning, I come to my computer, and I sit down and just start typing. And the book comes out as if I'm copying or translating it from a book that's already existed. So it's pretty interesting how it works. And I do about two or three pages a day, and in about eight weeks, from st- it takes from start to finish. So we're about halfway done now, or a little bit less than halfway. I think we've been doing it for about three weeks. And do you end like on the end of a chapter or do you end no, at a... No, in the middle of a end of a paragraph. And the paragraph, next, the next day I'll get up and I'll start right where the paragraph leads off as if it was the same book the whole way through. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. That's um, something else. Yeah, I'm amazed by your connection with Joshua, that, you could, that, it just, you know, that it just overtakes you like that. What's interesting is that I, when I was first doing it on a perception of reality, I would have a super uh, specific routine. I'd wake up in the morning, I'd have a breakfast, a protein shake real quick, go back in bed with Lily and Rocky and meditate and then get right up, close the door to my office and start typing. And then I would, you know, after a while, I could just, didn't, if I didn't meditate, it would still work. If I didn't have breakfast, it would still work. If I did it later in the day, it would still work. If I did it Anytime it would work. If I did it after going out to dinner and having wine, it would still work. It just comes, and there's no fear or worry about it not coming. It's just always there at any time. And now that we're doing Joshua um, live with Steve, it just comes. With me. At first, it was with Jules putting me into a little um, hypnotism or hypnosis. And now I can just do it myself, and it's just amazing. Yes. Yep. So this part is this book too. It's a, um, it's obviously called the Joshua Diet, but it's really about how your mind controls everything, including your body. And if you want to have a lean, healthy body, you have to have a fit mind. You have to have um, thoughts coming to you that are leading you towards what you want, not worried about where you are now. So you have to try and adopt this different perspective and this completely new approach to life. So it's a refresher on everything that we've read before, but it's moving it in the direction of the diet thing. And why diets don't work is the diet is creating your uh, conditions on the outside before you've done the inside work. So when you go on a diet, you can starve yourself and do exercise and you can actually change the shape of your body, but if you haven't changed who you are and how you're being on the inside, your body's going to eventually go back to where it was, if not worse. And that's why diets don't work. Seems obvious from this perspective, but people don't understand it. So if you can be a person who is lean on the inside, you will just naturally be lean on the outside because you will have um, inspiration, thoughts, and ideas that resonate with who you are on the inside, and your body will reflect that. Um, it, we're getting into different levels of talk about emotion and why emotion feels bad, and why we're we we uh, are now f- so afraid of 
negative emotions that we leave ourselves out of any situation that has the potential for negative emotion because we're afraid of feeling it. People who are, are afraid of conflict are just afraid of their negative emotion. So uh, let's go ahead, Michael, and start reading from this part. This is, uh, uh, I think it's like the fourth section. This is right in the middle of this chapter nine or chapter eight um, on emotions. Or actually, I think this was about creating your reality on the inside first. So okay, keep that in mind. Go ahead. <clears throat> okay. What if emotions didn't exist? Imagine if you could never feel. Imagine if you could never feel negative emotion. What would it be like? It would be like driving a car without a steering wheel. You would not get very far. Without your guidance system, you would not be able to create your reality, and you would not be able to expand your consciousness. These are two fundamental aspects of physical reality. This is why you came. You came to expand your consciousness and to create your own reality. Without emotions, you could not do either. Keep going? Yeah. Okay. You might think it would be preferable to never feel hatred ever again, and we might agree with you. The feeling of hatred is a very intense negative emotion, and it carries with it a lot of pain. It is highly unpleasant because it indicates the presence of a very intense limiting belief. The belief says that unless the subject of my hatred is removed from my life, I can never feel good again. Even if it is removed... I will still have a hard time feeling good. So you will do whatever it takes to remove the object of your hatred from the conditions that surround you. We ask you this. When you feel hatred, are you inspired to change the outer conditions or the inner conditions? So what do you think about that last sentence there? Well, you definitely want, we know the correct answer. (laughs) (laughs) But, But what are you inspired to do, though? So you are this low emotional state of being, and you're ins- you, the inspiration that comes to you is to attack or kill or wipe out the other your enemy, the other person, or get them out of your life somehow. Right. And this is why wars are started, and you know, um, revenge is such a big factor because this is the uh, response that you get. Now, you're not creating these thoughts. You're attracting them from your state of being. Your vibration in that moment of hatred hatred is attracting these ideas and these thoughts. And you feel the inspiration to act on them. Even though if you do act on them, you are derailing your own life. Right? Michael, if someone gets in a fury and kills somebody, uh, is their life going to be better or worse for that? It's always going to be worse. Right. So, it's always going to be worse because of both the consequences and the inner turmoil that you're going exactly. to suffer. But, right. but wait, I thought, I thought ultimately it's going to work out. Long term, doesn't it work out? If you take the, determine what the limiting belief was. And if, you, if you take action before you've identified the message in this, uh, in this fear that's brought up, you are going to create a reality that you do not want. This is how people create the reality. They react to certain things that are happening. Now, hatred is a very vivid and uh, highly intense emotion. But the same thing happens on even if you're bored. 
you know, if you're bored, this is what Josh was getting at. If you're bored and you want to ease that feeling of boredom, do you ease it on the inside or the outside? Well, most people ease it on the outside by going in the fridge and looking for something to eat or drink or smoke, you know, or, or all of the above. Play a video game or watch TV. All these things are actions inspired from a uh, low emotional state of being that end up taking you towards where you do not want to go. And imagine you are wanting to lose weight and you're bored or slightly uncomfortable. Uh, and so you seek some way to relieve this feeling. So you go in the fridge and you get something to eat. And that thing, that's how you can't regain the weight. That's how you don't lose the weight. And then you get in the spiral of, I can't do it. It's not working. This diet doesn't work again. And most of the stuff that people do, they're not even thinking about it. They just do it and don't count it. You know, you uh, go in there and, and you know, take a bite of a cake that's in your fridge. You don't even think about that. You probably will forget about it over time. So this is the thing. Over time? Have, how about over minutes? <laughs> yeah. So, this, so when you have any negative emotion, you have to do the work on the inside to relieve yourself, not to seek for outside uh, stuff. So let's go on and let's see what uh, Joshua has to say here. Okay. There are a few people on Earth who would first seek to change how they are feeling before they try to change the outside conditions. The vast majority of people living today would rather change the thing that brings up hatred or any emotion than the perspective that causes them to hate something. You see, it is all a mental exercise and it has nothing to do with the thing. It always has to do with you. It's always your fear, and you're taking a perspective of something that brings up the fear. So you can either deal with the fear in the moment, or you can change your perspective so it doesn't feel as bad, and you feel relief. And then you take the action. After you feel better, whether that's in five minutes or the next day, like with my dad, I didn't you know, fire off a angry email, had I did, that would have taken me away from where, where I wanted to go. Now, Josh will say in a little while here uh, more about that, Steve, so we'll go into that. But in that moment, I am resisting what is happening, and that resisting is keeping me away from where I want to go. If I realize that this is a manifestation event for me that it's fear I can either deal with that fear and and that fear for me was that no matter how hard I try and help people I don't get love right which is an irrational fear because it's it's false it's an irrational fear because I'm not going to die and it's false as a fear so I know that okay here I am trying to um, get love by subsidizing my dad. Well, that's not how it works, right? Um, it, it, there's other things involved in that, and that is one way. Paying someone money to love you is never going to work. Um, or paying them to trust you is never going to work either. You know? Right. right. And, and anyway, for him, it's his fear coming up and saying stuff, too. I, I, would, I would say your only job is to love him and not care if he loves you back. Exactly right. Yeah. How profound. <laughs> You are a master. That's right. I think I got that from Joshua. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's go on to the next paragraph. Okay. 
There are a group of people known as terrorists who would gladly sacrifice their lives just to inflict a little pain on the subject of their hatred. From their perspective, Western culture has caused them to suffer and they want retribution. It feels to them that the only way for them to feel better is by seeking revenge. Their emotional state of being is so low that they only have access to these low vibrational thoughts and ideas. Their fear is so great that they cannot allow themselves to choose another more empowering perspective. They are ignoring their guidance system and are deliberately creating the lives they do not want. Right. So, um, obviously the life that they really truly want is one of peace and harmony and prosperity and abundance and freedom. And they feel that they are being denied this and they look towards... Um, you know, for obvious reasons, towards the West. Now, when or, they, or not or not so obvious reasons. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's it's interesting. But they have they feel desperate. They feel marginalized, and they have to lash out. That's what that's the idea that comes to them, right? But um, that's not who they really are. That's just who they, you know, they're in such a low emotional state of being that they can't even glimpse who they really are. And so for them, they only have this alternative. And, and obviously that's not, that's just this group of people who become terrorists. It's not everyone. Everyone, these are probably the extreme levels of that pain and other people are just living with the pain and just thinking thoughts of revenge but not acting on it. Okay, let's go to the next paragraph. Okay. When you choose a perspective that will create a reality you do not want, you will be alerted by your inner self and you will feel negative emotion. The more limiting the perspective, the stronger the emotion. If you really feel bad, it's because you are looking at something from a seriously limiting perspective and your inner self is sending you a very strong warning, urging you to find a more empowering perspective. You are in the act of creating your reality when you choose a perspective that has the potential to attract what you do not want. If you maintain this perspective, you will be inspired to action that is completely out of alignment with who you really are and the life you really want. Either change your perspective or suffer the consequences. Okay, so it's really hard to ignore... These ins- this inspiration that comes from low emotional states of being. And when you act or say things that come from this space, those things will be um, negative, or not negative, but they'll, they'll be not in alignment with what you really want. They will take you away from what you want, not bring you closer. So think of it like this. When you are loving and happy and content and then get inspiration from that, you can be guaranteed that that action will take you towards where you want to go. When you are in a low emotional state of being and you're mad and angry and stuff, you can guarantee that the action you take that's inspired from that will take you away from where you want to go. Now, it's not that big of a deal because there, as, long, as soon as you recover, you'll be back on the road towards where you want to go. But if you keep resisting it over and over and over again by feeling these same negative emotions over and over again and not understanding what's going on here, you will just feel stuck. You will not feel like this progression. And things actually could get a little worse and worse and worse as long as you're not, if you're not paying attention to this stuff. So 
Just keep in mind that if it's a negative emotion coming up, it's just fear. The fear is irrational. It's false. Wait until you get to feeling better before you say anything or do anything. It's tough yeah, to I've... catch yourself, though. If, you, oh, if good you're God, in the yes. moment, so, it's, it's tough yeah, to pull It back. is tough to catch yourself. So what do you do? If you're, if you're in the room with somebody and they say something or do something that brings up fear to you, what do you do right well, then and there? Well, that's, that's when you catch it. You're in the early stages uh-huh. and you first see it. Then you can, you can, just, you can come up with an excuse to leave the, the situation, go to the bathroom. Right. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> As Joshua <laughs> likes to say, go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Or, or at the very least, not hit, not hit send on the email so quickly. <laughs> right. Stop and leave. Leave the room. Yeah. I, I've, I've had a few emails I shouldn't have sent over my lifetime. <laughs> but, but when you so, have momentum going, then it's, I would say, like, all bets are off. I don't think you're going to have access to know that. You- if you are aware of this system... And how this works, you can stop yourself because an aware person has access in, to, to higher thoughts if they can just calm down. Um, so don't, you know, sometimes it feels like you're in the heat of the moment and you don't feel like you want to get out of there. You, you, wanna, you feel like you want to uh, get revenge in that moment or fight back or defend yourself or whatever. But if you can understand that there's consequences to to that I'm thinking we'll have to see what happens but I'm thinking like okay if this was a year ago I would have fired that email back to my dad in 10 seconds I would never have stopped but now that I've been writing this it just comes up at this right time I have been able to see what's going on and then stop it Uh, and then and then get away from it get away from the computer go to sleep wake up and go back to it the next day now, I'll tell you this story. It was really funny. When I was first starting out in real estate, I worked at this company, and I was doing really well. I was selling lots of houses, and they brought in this mortgage team to do mortgages in-house, and they said that you ha- we had to use these people. I'm like, I'm very doing very well with the mortgage guys that I use. I don't want to use these guys, and if you're selling real estate, the mortgage is the thing that screws it up uh, more than anything else. Uh, and back in those days too, it wasn't that easy to get a mortgage as it is now, but back then it was a big deal. So I had gave these guys three deals and they represented at the time a huge chunk of money and one after the other, they screwed them up and all three deals died. And these guys were in this office sort of in the middle of the whole company. And it was a big company back then. And I was the sales manager of the company. And they had a glass window, and these two old guys, and they were sitting back there, and I went in front of them, and I did what's called the fuck you dance. And I just <laughs> stood there, going, fuck you, right to them, the whole office watching me. <laughs> so that action did not um, bring me closer towards what I wanted, you know, at all. Right. It, but felt it felt good. good in the moment. But I'm still thinking about how ridiculous that was in these days, how I regret that. But um, uh, so, yeah. Well, you, you make it sound like like uh, if you were spiritually advanced back then that, that you wouldn't have done that. But Oh, my God. I definitely would, have done, would not have done that. Well, then I guess I don't have an excuse because – Nobody I, has um, – nobody can – I mean, I can, I can feel it come up, but I'm not taking action anymore. 
I mean, I take, okay, here, I will say this. Yesterday, I'm in line, <clears throat> I'm at the bank, I get out of the bank and, and get in line behind a woman, and she's trying to turn left, and there's no cars coming, right? One car will come. She's not, I'm, I'm being a little patient. And then, finally, I had to honk at her, because nothing's going on. And I'm like, really? Here it is, the universe put this woman in front of me, because the timing... It's, it's working out this timing. And here I am arguing with the universe and honking to get her going. And then she went, right? And I went right behind her. And now this, you know, 100 feet further, we're in a red light next to each other, right? How uncomfortable would that be next to someone you just honked at? You know, sitting there the whole time, <laughs> right? And I'm like, this is so stupid. Here I am writing this stuff and talking about it. And even this little thing, I'm arguing against the universe. The universe put this... In front of me, and I'm trying to change the outside conditions. So, uh, yeah. So, no, it's not easy to do it, but if at least you're aware of it. Yeah. And if, and the times when you can can uh, you know stop yourself, then you should congratulate yourself for that. And the times when you get caught up in it, you cannot beat up on yourself because that doesn't do any good. And this is the process, and we're all learning at the same time, right? Right. Well, I'm definitely getting better without with not firing off the snarky or the nasty emails. <laughs> yeah, or how about this? Writing emails that are trying to control the other per- person's behavior. You know, mm-hmm. like you're, if you have a secretary or something who didn't do something right, you sort of word the email in a way to make them feel wrong about what they're doing, that they should know better, or things like that, instead of allowing everyone to be as they are. So. I'm getting better on some parts of it, and I still got work to do. I have a right. fresh hole in my closet door from this week. Oh, show it to us. <laughs> <laughs> you Steve realize is picking up his computer, right? And he's taking it over there so we can see. Yes, for our this radio is... podcast audience. Yeah, you guys will have to envision this. We're going to describe it to you. He lives in a mansion in in uh, in Southern California in the OC. And we're looking at a six-panel door, and uh, uh, there's a little tiny crack. Yeah. No, oh, it's not. Maybe I'm not. Is that a hollow it. core door? That, that yeah. oh, big deal. That oh, door costs nineteen dollars at Home Does Depot. It? Yeah, it's cheap as hell. Just go take it off the hinge. Just go get a new one. Put it right back on. Yeah, looks fine to me. That's the, is that another door? That's another one. <laughs> Did you hit these with your fist? <laughs> yes. And how does your fist feel? <clears throat> Hurts. Yeah, that's the worst part. <laughs> Who cares about the door? Yeah. And how's your ego feel? Uh, I feel dumb. I feel like <laughs> I feel like really this is this is the a spiritually advanced Steve, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, it's funny how we're we're uh, attached to stuff so much, but anyway. We'll get better. I think that's going to be the last one. I do. Yeah. yeah. And if it's, yeah. Good. Okay. We'll okay. see. We'll see. All right. Uh, let's go to the next paragraph. Okay. Have you ever been angry or said or did something you later regretted? Yes! <laughs> Those words and actions had a significant impact on your life. If you had not said them, your life might have unfolded differently. In the heat of the moment, you chose a perspective that was out of alignment with what you really wanted 
and you said something that changed the course of your life forever. Once the words are said or the action is taken, your life changes as a result. In, a moment, in moments of anger, you often say or do things that are in conflict with the life you really want. If you could see what was happening in the moment from a more empowering, higher, and broader perspective, you would not feel so bad and you would not have access to low vibrational inspiration. So Joshua's saying here is, in the heat of the moment, try and look at things from a different perspective or the other person's perspective, and that might help you feel a little bit better in the moment. Of course, that's difficult to do sometimes, but it depends on how intense it is. Okay, go on to the next one. Okay. And this is the final paragraph. If you can understand the essence of what we are talking about here, you can change your prejudice against negative emotion. Negative emotion is simply a warning. It is not a bad thing. You do not have to live safely in the hopes that you will avoid facing negative emotion. Learn to accept it for what it is. Learn to feel it and immediately analyze it. Learn to adjust your perspective on the spot. The reason you want to avoid negative emotion is because you allow it to linger and you brood and sulk over it. Once you learn to deal with every negative emotion in the instant it pops up, you won't feel nearly as bad for nearly as long. The fear of negative emotion will be dissipated. So, the reason we hate negative emotion, or... I should say the reason we probably do certain things is to avoid this negative emotion because it feels bad, but that's only because we let it linger so long. If we were good at this, we could feel it rise, look at it from another perspective, and from that higher perspective, that intensity of that negative emotion would dissipate. And so we can probably go through a lot of these things a lot easier without having them last two and three days and sometimes for weeks and sometimes for a lifetime like regret and resentment are negative emotions that over time they don't feel as strong but they're still with you you know and they're still eating away mm -hmm. at you so and you probably uh, have physical manifestations from that right well i think that all illness is a resistance to this and that resistance is this low level chronic um focus on resentment and regret and things like that, or what's wrong with the world or other people, that sort of thing. Okay, Joshua goes on later on to say that, that when you do something in the moment that is taking you away from where you want to go, as, as soon as you release that and get back to feeling good, you are back on the path towards you, where you want to go, right? So there's a million yeah. ways to get there. And if you go off track for a bit, you'll be on track soon enough. So it's this, you don't have to worry about these bumps in the road, but if you can smooth them out a little bit, it makes life a lot easier. And by not taking negative emotions so seriously, you allow yourself to engage in more of the world because you're not now fearful of, you know, going to a party where you don't know people because you don't know what you're going to say, you know, things like that. Uh, you don't know if you're going to have fun, you don't know if you're going to like it, that sort of thing. And mostly what that is, is that feeling of being uncomfortable or that fear of being uncomfortable in these situations. But it always seems to happen that 
when you're ever worried about something like this, you always end up having a good time afterwards. You know, like, weren't you worried about being bored at that play last night? Oh, absolutely. And <laughs> seeing a bunch of, and well, and on top of everything else, seeing a bunch of parents who, you know, who I, I've seen and have uh, superficial relationships with. Yeah. For years, because our kids have been together in one way or another since preschool. And, you know, it's like, what do I say to these people? I'm not really yeah. that interested in them, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's, you know, it's also interesting. I had a mini, you know, come to think of it, I had a mini manifestation event going in. The, uh, there were two major, there was a major problem with Grand Central and transportation uh, from New York City to Westchester this week. A huge fire um, that uh, that really, uh, I shouldn't say derailed. That's a bad <laughs> bad use of words. Uh, but uh, that screwed up transportation for a couple of days, and where I almost wound up stranded in the city for a bit. Um, but going home last night, there was a fire on the tracks, and uh, where I should have been, ho- I, I got delayed about an hour. So I wonder, you know, in some way, whether I manifested that. Having said that, I just stayed very calm. Mm-hmm. And said, you know, it's this. Everything's perfect as is, and yeah. eventually got home, and uh, still with plenty of time to get to the play. Yeah, and uh, okay. So, did you have any conversations with anyone there? Uh, one or two people, including yeah. uh, one parent who's, uh, including one parent whose daughter is going to the same college as my daughter. There you so, go. So, you know, so that was a nice conversation, and yeah. ran into a couple of people who I really do like. Yeah. So that was nice, and then otherwise, you know, while everyone was going at the intermission, I just hung out with my wife and then talked to the one or two people who I like. I um, abhor small talk, and so uh, what I've started doing lately is just asking these interesting questions about people that people don't normally ask. Like, um. I can't think of anything. This, this sounds like it comes from Howard Stern. This actually comes from when we were single. We would, we would, we were really good. Me and my friends were really good at being single. We could talk to anybody. We had no fear, and we we used to go to the girls. We used to have this joke where the conversation would be, "You have a sister? You're kidding? What is that like?" We're totally interested in these mundane. But, Details about everybody, you know, would just be so focused on them and mm-hmm. so interested that you just made them bring stuff out. So, and that worked for you? Yeah, it worked really good. Oh, great. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, so, um, but anyway, that's what I do now. Talk about more important things. Yeah. Even if they don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny though. I didn't want to engage in any uh, small talk with, especially with people I knew only superficially. Yeah. You know, to me, it seemed like a lot of, uh, you know, to me that always seems like a lot of uh, self-congratulatory nonsense. Yeah, you know, well, which I which I do abhor, and maybe that's my a limiting belief on my part. Yeah. No, I don't mind that as much as I mind talking about negative stuff. You know, like people. The first thing to talk about is the fire and the train. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or uh, ISIS or Trump or whatever. 
Right. Well, like I said, in my family, there's practically a competition. Who's do you know? Who's got the worst illness? Uh, and, who, and, and and who's and who's suffering the most financially? Right. <laughs> but like I said, that may have something to do with my Jewish heritage. Uh, there's a lot of momentum there. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree with that, and I think you know it is, you know, it's important to stay focused on 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 the positive to understand what our negative emotions are and which are which are signs that we have limiting beliefs. Yeah. And when we can stay away from them, it really helps us head to where we want to be. Um I, go ahead. I was gonna say that don't get to the place where you don't uh fear negative emotion. It's right. it's almost like if you can get to an an anticipation state where like yeah. hey I'm looking forward to my next moment where I can because you know that when you work it out, you're you're lighter afterwards. You're you're you're, for your, you're, you're closer to level. where right. you, yeah, so, right. Yeah, and as long as you deal with it really quickly, it doesn't really. It's not a big impact, right? right? Yeah. So as long as you can stay in that mindset, that's the trick. For me, it's like uh, momentum these days go goes quickly, either uh, up or down. So it's I have to. If I, there's occasional times for me where I'll let, I'll know that I'm going down a, down a, like I'll let nine things go because I'm spiritually advanced. And then on the tenth one, I'm like, okay, this is it. It's not. <laughs> and I'm going to make up for the nine times I let slip, right? Uh uh, you're not making up. Just because it's, <laughs> just because it's more intense doesn't mean you're, well, you know, I, it's I only one of those nine, yeah. one of those ten, right? And, and I thought that that was okay, but what I didn't realize is that momentum builds up, and then from there, the next thing is just, uh, right. just gets worse, and then it gets worse, and and then it, it's so much harder to get back, right? So I'm I'm really going to keep an eye out for the very first thing to happen, and things should be nice, and that's what it normally is for me. So I, I can't complain. Yeah. And I think um, you got to try and pay attention to the subtle stuff. Yeah. The little tiny, which is happening all the time. I I was about to say that, too. I I have these days I'm having an easier time noticing something that, you know, that irks me more significantly and having and I'm having more problems dealing with things like something that either bores me or I just have some minor resistance to. Yeah. So like yeah, like I like I don't want right, I, or I don't want to talk to this person, or or hello. Uh, yep, hello. I hear you. Oh, okay, we're still all on the air. Uh, I thought I thought we had a little technical glitch, uh, but as I was saying, you know, either I don't want to speak to a person, or I don't want to do a particular piece of work. I don't want to deal with some issue of some sort. You know, it, I was telling my wife yesterday that one of the good things that happened was when I finished an assi- you know, I finished something that one of my colleagues gave me to do to work on, and frankly, it was sitting on my desk for quite some time. Mm. And in my yeah, because I had started working on it, I realized that it was a lot more work than what my colleague told me it was going mm-hmm. to be. I think I got a little annoyed with him, and I got a little annoyed with the other colleague who who didn't do a particularly good job drafting it. You know, so of course it was going to become my headache because right. I'm not letting anything go that's not a good legal product. And um and then it sat there and it took up a momentum of its own 
And then finally, I just said, let's do it. And I was in a very, I happened to have been in a very good place yesterday anyway. And as I was doing it, I said, you know, and it, and it took me a couple of hours to do it. But I said, you know, this wasn't nearly the headache or the problem or the, or the annoyance that I made it out to be. I built it up in my own mind. Yeah. And as soon as I, as soon as I finished it, I felt really good. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, it's amazing how much you can get done fast, but you have to be in that positive state of mind. That's when right. In a low emotional state, you know, state of mind, everything seems more difficult. And don't bother right. doing it. Yeah, don't even do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And it did sit on my desk for a while. I hope the client's not terribly perfect. annoyed, but but it was <laughs> the, but it was the right time and I'll tell you, I did a you know, frankly, I did a great job. Do you, do you guys meditate every day still? Yes. Yeah, I do. Do you, Michael? I, I, I try to. I yeah. do it either on the, believe it or not, I do it on the train, or sometimes I do it uh, in the evening before I, uh, uh, before I join my son while he's doing his homework. Yeah, that's good. Um, I do it every morning now, and I'm religious about it. And I think it really starts the day off. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, how do you do it on the train? Do you close your eyes? Well, you know what? I put headsets in. I put headsets in and I close my eyes. Uh huh. Yep. And then I just have some white noise playing in the background. So this way, uh, I, so this way, I don't hear most of the conversations and I don't hear most of the announcements. Yeah. You know, but I still have some awareness of the outside world, which right. I have to just so I can get off. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> or, Steve, if a, or if there's a fire on the track. <laughs> how, how do you do it, Steve? Do you listen to something? Uh, I listen to. I've been. Listening to the one of the four Abraham yeah, uh, meditations, yeah. I I do sh- random because mm-hmm. I figure it's going to be the perfect one that morning. But right. lately, I've actually been doing. Um, I downloaded some some. It's called binaural beats. Yes, I've heard that. And uh, I'll pick. There's like I don't know fifty of them, and yeah. they're just these monotone hertz, you know, cycles per second sound. And it's supposed to. Um tune you to a certain vibration. Yeah, and I just pick the one that sounds good in the moment. So I, I'm not very consistent. I just, whatever yeah. sounds good. I used to do that playing poker. I would put it on. And just a tone, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like uh, that. I usually pick the lower tones. Well, with just that, we have we have a here's our 10 second notice oh jeez oh you hear me 10 seconds i can't say goodbye in 10 seconds our, our sound engineer over here our producer is Boy, to, like mercury retrograde folks i need a good two minutes to say goodbye to you guys all right yeah. well that's it yeah i hope this was a fun show i'm sorry about janine missed it we are going to figure it out for her and get her back next week everyone have a wonderful time think about your manifestation events as they come up We'll talk about them all again next week. If anyone has a question, go to the website, send in a question to Joshua, and we'll do our best to get it out to you. Goodbye, everyone. See you next week. See you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable with Gary Temple Bodley. We will be back next week with another fun discussion. If you would like to ask Joshua a question or read more of Joshua's teachings, please visit us at theteachingsofjoshua.com. See you next week. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.